This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Monday afternoon, September 18th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hartz. U.S. News and World Report is out with its rankings of the best colleges in the country. And a local school makes an appearance in the top three. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the report on home builder sentiment is out today. While the week ahead will include the latest decision on interest rates by the Federal Reserve. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line reminding you to bring your business home is Bob Bruska, Chief Economist, Fact and Opinion Economics based in New York. Bob, thank you for joining us today. And everyone seems to have uh, zeroed in on the fact that the Fed is going to pause this week. They kind of telegraphed that. They have their own house organ at the Wall Street Journal uh, to say that they're going to pause. But it sounds like it's going to be a pause where, uh, a hawkish pause, Bob, where they're going to be sharpening their talons while delivering the speech. Yeah, we are right. Yeah, they have their, uh, what do you call it, their, their house expert at the Wall Street Journal who tells us what they're going to do before they meet. This is a, a nice convenience for us. Um, I, I don't know anybody who's really looking for a rate hike at this meeting. And um, you know, the economy continues to grow better than what had been expected. The unemployment rate has moved up a little bit, but it's still broadly very low. Jobless claims every week continue to be extremely low numbers. So it's a complicating environment, and the inflation rate has behaved, but, um, you know, we still haven't got inflation down to the target, and there's really a question of what the Fed intends to do and how long it's going to be willing to tolerate uh, inflation above its target. It seems to me that the Fed is, you know, paving the way to uh, turn a blind eye to excessive inflation as long as it can uh, see some slowing in the economy and that it will be willing to tolerate inflation over 2% for quite a period of time here. And then we talk about uh, the Fed and interest rates in the context of how is this going to bring down inflation? How is this going to slow down the economy? But this also bites the average American in many different ways, from higher credit card rates if you're carrying a balance, to higher mortgage rates, to higher auto loan rates. And we just have to find a a way have to find a way to live with it yeah well that's true i mean inflation is a problem for all of us and it does uh it kind of like termites in the woodwork right it's not like getting hit by a truck but it's like termites in the woodwork things are being eroded uh conditions are weaker and maybe um before you realize it's happened all of a sudden something collapses and you realize that you're in financial trouble because inflation has put you in a spot you didn't think you were going to be in so um you know for the longest time, the Fed had this uh, this two percent inflation target, and they had taken it seriously. And now they're well above it. And there's all this talk about well, maybe getting it down to three percent first, and then going slower. Uh, all this prevarication. Look, with the two percent inflation target, prices double every thirty five years. 
So if you're born 35 years and a car costs $15,000, by the time you're 35, it's going to cost $30,000. And then by the time you get to be the age of 70, it's going to cost $60,000. So, you know, 2% inflation isn't exactly price stability, which is what the Fed is aiming for. And the idea that they would let that target drift even higher is um, very worrisome to me. Bob Bruska, Chief Economist, Fact and Opinion Economics, based in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, an Illinois school makes a ranking of the top colleges in the country. Conversation that's on the money. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. U.S. News and World Report has released its annual rankings of top colleges in various categories, and it includes some local flavor. We welcome in Eric Gertler, who is the executive chairman and CEO of U.S. News and World Report in New York. Eric, thank you for joining us today. And uh, let's just run down kind of the the Chicago area colleges and universities and how those institutes of higher learning, where they rank on uh, on your listing this year. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on your show. And, uh, you know, this year, the, the, you know, the top two schools from the Chicago area, Northwestern University and the University of Chicago um, ranked ninth and 12th respectively, obviously both uh, terrific institutions. And then uh, in, in the parlance of uh, the old uh, Casey Kasem American Top 40, you have a couple of uh, schools from the Chicago area that are real movers this year, uh, including Northern Illinois University. So so this year we do have some, uh, some schools that have seen uh, significant changes, uh, mostly because, you know, when we do our methodology, we do it to reflect the, the concerns um, and, and desires of, of students. Um, this year, we have put a greater emphasis on, on outcome, which means that uh, we care about a school's success in graduating students from different backgrounds with, with manageable debt and those that have post-graduate uh, success, i.e. that they find jobs. We're talking to Eric Gertler, executive chairman and CEO of U.S. News and World Report, about their uh, about about their college rankings. So, Northern Illinois University and Aurora University uh, moving up big time this year. Uh, very quickly, talk about the methodology. What uh, wh- what criteria do you evaluate schools on, and how does that determine their rank? Sure. So, um, our methodology this year is based on uh, nineteen uh, different. Uh, different uh, factors, so, so 19 uh, points of criteria. And uh, the weight is given to outcome. So more than 50% measures the outcome from, uh, from your college degree. But, uh, but to give you a sense of some of the things we measure, we measure, for example, uh, graduation rates. Are universities and colleges graduating their students within six years? Uh, what is the first-year retention rate? And because social mobility um, is important. We're also looking at Pell graduation rates, and we're also looking at uh, first-generation students. Um, so, so that gives you a sense of of how are schools graduating students from from different backgrounds. We also look at debt because we know that students care deeply about the amount of debt that they're going to incur when they graduate from colleges. And then Lake Forest College uh, is number one when it comes to social social mobility in national liberal arts colleges. So very quickly explain uh, what is social mobility in the context of evaluating a college and what uh, makes Lake Forest College number one? You know, again, you're absolutely right. Lake Forest um, was the top performer on social mobility among national liberal, liberal arts colleges. 
And again, the whole idea is, you know, for colleges, are colleges graduating students with different backgrounds and are they going on to, to success? So the way we have looked at uh, with the methodology th- this year, there's a lot more focus on socioeconomic uh, backgrounds. And that's why uh, when we think about social mobility, we are looking at Pell graduation rates and we're looking at first uh, generation uh, students and their graduation rates as well. And obviously, Lake Forest College um, uh, has done quite well in that respect. Eric Gertler, Executive Chairman and CEO of U.S. News and World Report in New York. Thank you for joining us today to talk about how local colleges and universities are showing up on their latest college rankings. Coming up next, the potential impact of the UAW strike on auto sales. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Now that members of the United Auto Workers have started a strike against the big three automakers, they're concerned about the walkout's potential impact on the car market in America. Let's examine the possibilities with Jeff Gilbert, CBS News automotive correspondent based in Detroit. Jeff, thank you for joining us today. And when we spoke last week in the lead up to the strike, uh, we were talking about how this is basically an industry that is still trying to get back on its feet after all the supply chain disruptions brought by COVID-19 and its aftermath. Now you add into uh, strikes happening at any plant at any time, according to the UAW strike plan. And how will that impact the number of cars in the pipeline heading to dealers? Well, it depends on the model. If you take a look at what's being struck right now, the GMC, the Chevy Cobalt GMC Canyon uh, midsize pickups are in short supply to begin with. Well, they're strike bound. So those are going to be tight. Ford's launching a new Ranger. That's going to impact the launch of a new product, the Jeep Wrangler and Gladiator, which are strike bound, those are they, they have better inventories of those. So it depends on which model you're looking at. And as more plants go down, then there's going to be impact on more individual models. As the uh, the, the the supply of cars from the Detroit three automakers uh, begins to dry up potentially or is disrupted, uh, what is this going to do for the new car market nationwide? Because although there are more choices above and beyond the Detroit three, I would imagine uh, they have considerable pricing power. They have considerable pricing power, but not like it was back in the old days, even the old days of the 1990s. I mean, it, it, there are a lot more car companies now, a lot more choices for consumers. And obviously, if we start looking at sales figures, if this drags on, you're going to see better sales for companies like Toyota, Honda, Hyundai, and worse sales for the Detroit 3. Again, you know, we're in very early days, so it's hard to tell where exactly it's going to head. And then, if when it comes to, uh, to 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 getting models with certain type of op- with certain types of options, I know this was very much the case during the, uh, the the COVID supply disruptions that you could order the car, you could pay for the car, but you're not actually driving the car uh, three or four months down until three or four months later. Could we see that again? We could absolutely see that again at domestic car makers, where if somebody wants a specific model, they're going to have a longer wait. Fortunately for the car companies, consumers have become a little more accustomed to doing that than they used to be. But it's going to be much tougher for somebody who wants a Detroit 3 product to just walk into a dealership and drive out the same day. And then very quickly, Jeff, let's talk about the Toyotas and Hondas of the world. Yes, they assemble some of their cars in the U.S., but how does their domestic supply stack up to, let's say, the Detroit 3, and how could that impact auto prices going forward? 
Yeah, they, they assemble, most of these car makers now assemble the vast majority of their vehicles here in the United States. So they should have pretty stable supply lines that wouldn't be impacted by this. And again, anytime there's a shortage, prices go up. So there will be fewer needs for discounts. So don't expect to get any deals anywhere in the coming months. Jeff Gilbert, CBS News Automotive Correspondent based in Detroit. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead, investment ideas from our Monday stock picker. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Police in the far southwest suburbs investigate a shooting in a home that's left four people dead. Five Americans are part of a prisoner swap with Iran. Monday Night Football back on the ABC television network this season for the first time in nearly 20 years. And it's Stock Picker Monday. We'll get some suggestions from a portfolio pro. WBBM Business. The markets are high. Higher. The Dow is up 74 points, the Nasdaq up 31, the S&P 500 is up 12. AccuWeather says for the rest of today, a stray shower along the lakefront in northwest Indiana. Otherwise, sunshine, some clouds, high today of 72. We have 68 degrees right now at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, police in Romeoville investigating the shooting deaths of four people. Officers arrived just before 845 last night for a well-being check in the 500 block of Concord Avenue. They found the bodies of two adults and two children. Deputy Police Chief Christopher Byrne is not confirming whether investigators have identified a suspect. We are investigating this as a murder and again to maintain the integrity of the investigation we're not releasing any of that information. The dead have been identified as Alberto Rolan and Zeraldo Bertolome. The children's names have not been released. It's believed the killings occurred between 9 o'clock Saturday evening and 5 o'clock Sunday morning. Five Americans detained in Iran have left the country as part of a prisoner swap worked out by the White House. The release comes after the U.S. unfroze nearly $6 billion in Iranian assets, though the use of the money has limitations. More from CBS News Chief White House Correspondent Nancy Cordes. There were so many different pieces that had to come together. Just, for example, moving $6 billion from South Korea to uh, this bank account in Doha, required several steps. Mm -hmm. It had to be converted into euros uh, from South Korean currency, and all of these restrictions had to be placed on how it can be used. As the prisoners were released, President Biden announced sanctions against Iran's former president and the country's intelligence ministry. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are higher today. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director of Clearstead Advisors based in New York. Jim, thank you for joining us today. And what's driving the markets on this Monday afternoon? This has nothing to do with anything in reality. The news today was not particularly positive. Home builder sentiment took a, a, a decisive uh, uh, step down. Uh, interest rates continue to go up. No progress on the UAW strike. No progress on the government shutdown. So I think this is uh, just a bounce back from Friday's very weak market. 
and you can't put a lot of uh, uh, credibility into it since we are staring down the barrel of a Fed meeting, a Fed press conference, and a uh, a, a change in the dot plots, uh, i.e. the Fed's forecast for the economy, uh, inflation, and interest rates. As the uh, Fed meets this week, uh, the, the consensus is that they are not going to uh, hike interest rates, but they're probably going to talk about how they could potentially do it next time if the, if the data allows for it. Yes, precisely. I mean, they, they are going to, I, my guess is, and the consensus is, they will do what's called a hawkish pause, uh, i.e. they will not raise rates, but they will ex- uh, continue to explain their optionality that if the data comes in, there may be one or more uh, hikes down the road. And the dot plots will will uh, forecast if there's going to be more than one uh, rate increase uh, this year. So it depends on the course of inflation. Core inflation is coming down, but uh, oil is going up, and that could feed its way into the economy. Labor costs are going up. The um, uh, the unions are winning uh, large increases. That could feed its way into the economy. So while the best guess is that inflation will continue to recede, there are those who believe it's going to reaccelerate. And I think the Fed has to leave itself optionality and flexibility. We're talking to Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director of ClearSet Advisors based in New York. Great piece in the Wall Street Journal this morning about how the the goal is always a soft landing, but uh, history says you're not going to you're not going to pull it off. Uh, you're not going to do that. Uh, you're not going to have the uh, pirouette at the end of the routine. Uh, chances are you're going to fall down, and that only only once in the last thirty years plus uh, was the Fed able to pull off a soft landing, and that was in 1995. And that was because a lot of other external factors managed to cooperate with what the Fed was trying to do. Yeah, and there's a, a gentleman I think we all uh, respect uh, tremendously, Jamie Dimon, uh, CEO of J.P. Morgan, who said it's naive to think that things are going to stay as Goldilocks as they are. Now, the economy has been amazingly resilient after all these interest rate increases, three bank failures, and the consumer is still spending. Uh, and it'll go on until it doesn't. But logic would dictate that uh, the fourth quarter will be weaker than the third quarter, and then let's uh, let's see what happens next year. And, and and to pull off a soft landing or anything close to that, you also need geopolitical events to break in your favor. The world has to remain quiet because uh, when when there was an interest rate driven recession in 1990, uh, the run up in oil prices due to the Iraqi invasion of Kuwait had a, had a, had a, had a, played a role in that. And of course, the uh, recession of 2001 was accelerated by 9/11. Once again, two black swan geopolitical events that you can't really plan for. Yeah, and you can't invest based on black swans since they're so hard to predict. And and over the long run, stocks do go up. So you don't want to get too bearish based on the possibility of negative geopolitical events. But what we know now, if the Ukraine war grinds on, I think the markets can handle it. If there's tension between China and Taiwan, but no conflict, I think the markets can handle it. But if if it breaks out into an all-out war or there's a disruption in oil supplies, that would be a different story. Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director, ClearSet Advisors, based in New York. Thank you for joining us today. And coming up next, a change in plans for Monday Night Football. We'll talk about that. They're going back to the future. 
I have the. T- I'm waiting for Howard Cosell to read uh, highlights of Walter Payton. Monday Night Football aired on ABC from 1970 through 2005, then moved to corporate sibling ESPN in 2006. Now it's coming back to network television. Let's get the latest from Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Verter Group, based in Chicago. Of course, when Monday Night Football was put on the air in 1970 on ABC, it was the brainchild of Rune Arledge. It was a revolutionary way to watch football on television and now it's back on the network more or less as strike filler so you, you guys were just sitting there waiting to get that that uh, that that lo- jingle back on there right uh, uh, oh of course funny. i i was I, I was also suggesting the much longer open with chet forty and and counting them down from the late 70s but uh we have time limits on this show yeah it, 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 it is it, I, as you hinted at before kind of a little bit of back to the future but it is uh, it's striking, considering what we talked about last week, where uh, we were kind of arguing about maybe whether linear television was uh, sort of on the wane. I mean, the reality is that that linear television uh, is uh, well suited for live televised sports. And given the two major strikes that are going on in Hollywood now, uh, there is obviously a, a, a dearth uh, of, of new uh, scripted programming that now all of the major networks and cable networks, uh, for that matter, as well, are struggling to replace because there is no new product uh, coming into the pipeline. And I think uh, this may be one of the first uh, or maybe last, really, um, exercises in corporate synergy. As long as Disney uh, continues to own both ESPN and ABC, uh, this is an interesting flex uh, to essentially take previously uh, exclusive ESPN Monday night games and put them on the mothership of ABC uh, for ostensibly the uh, the bulk of this NFL football season. So pretty interesting stuff, given what we talked about last week. We're talking to Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Viterre Group in Chicago. One of the economic issues that is hanging over uh, both the SAG-AFTRA strike and the WGA, the writers' strike, is the ongoing economic viability of the cable television bundle, that uh, people are cutting the cord, they no longer want to pay exorbitant cable subscription fees uh, in order to uh, get ESPN. They would just like to have it on an a la carte basis uh, by allowing Monday Night Football to air on the ABC television network for free. Does that undercut their argument? Well, it sort of does. But you also have to remember that the, the still the bulk of uh, the way people watch networks like ABC are through those bundles. Right? We're talking about 50 million or so households still, even though in decline. Um, the reality is that when we subscribe via Comcast or DirecTV or Dish Network, those kinds of stuff to watch programs, uh, the network, the broadcast network stuff is essentially being subsidized by what they call retransmission fees, where consumers in their bundle are actually paying for those broadcast channels. Can they get them for free separately over the air via an antenna? Yes, but the convenience of having it bundled into a cable or satellite subscription. So the reality is that ESPN's fees in your cable package uh, for the NFL are actually just being moved to the fees that ABC commands uh, as part of a cable package with their retransmission fees. I feel like uh, COVID-19 forced the networks to come up with a game plan, no pun intended, for what 
to do when the pipeline to programming runs out because in 2020 the back half of that television season came to a halt because of social distancing measures and the networks turned to sports and in some cases the movie of the week to uh, to, to, to keep the lights on in prime time because I also noticed that ABC is airing the wonderful world of Disney on uh, on Sunday nights and uh, that was a concept of, of just running a movie on the network uh, that went away decades ago. Yeah, it would not surprise me, Rob, that uh, in the, as the fall progresses and if the strikes continue to grind on, that uh, that ESPN might want to also flex uh, the upcoming uh, NBA and NHL games that are on the uh, ESPN network as well uh, to fill in those gaps as, as long as new uh, scripted product uh, is not coming from the Hollywood pipeline. Now, th- this is also going to be an exercise in nostalgia for a certain generation of television viewer. Of course, I'm a, I'm a weirdo in terms of being a, a person who knows a lot of broadcast uh, TV history. But uh, if if you're move if you're going on to the movie of the week at this point because you can't get any new shows, uh, throw us a bone. Give us the old uh, Star Tunnel intro on ABC, uh, just because we remember that from 30 or 40 years ago. Well, I, look, I, I, it, that, that would be very interesting and, and perhaps for, for folks like us uh, uh, fun to watch. I think, though, uh, you may be on to something, though, that maybe Disney Plus could be a source of, uh, let's call them broadcast premieres of movies uh, that were exclusively on streaming uh, that now basically can help fill the pipeline for an ABC that uh, is struggling for new stuff. Well, CBS is airing uh, Yellowstone on Sunday nights. Now, I watched it in its original uh, streaming run, and I'm surprised they can actually get 45 minutes of arable material out of an episode of uh, Yellowstone uh, without running afoul of the FCC. But uh, that seems to be a, a solution moving forward. No, no, no doubt. And I do think that uh, that's kind of a hint of where stuff kind of goes in the future where the streaming and the broadcast properties essentially can kind of borrow and steal from each other uh, depending on the on the need. And clearly, the need is very, very uh, clear for ABC, at least in the next couple of months. Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Retair Group. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Stock Picker Monday, and helping us out today is Tim Grisky, senior portfolio strategist with Ingalls & Snyder based in New York. Tim, thank you for joining us today. And your first stock of the week on this Stock Picker Monday is in the equipment rental space. It is, Rob. Uh, United Rentals. Uh, this is a national player in the construction equipment rental market. So all that equipment used to build those buildings, uh, they most of it comes from United Rentals. Uh, it's much more efficient for contractors to rent their equipment than to buy it. Uh, and that's become increasingly so with the lack of equipment or the backlog or lack of backlog of equipment that's available. Uh, This company had just a blowout second quarter, sales growth of 28% and 20 basis points of operating margin expansion. Uh, It is really firing on all cylinders. Now, I'll warn you, this is a very volatile stock. It's obviously very uh, exposed to the rental market, uh, equipment rental market, uh, housing market, uh, and uh, to other competitors as well. So uh, it is a, to me, a stock that's great for trading, uh, but be careful over the long term. United Rentals, URI, and your next one is in the financial services space. Exactly. MSCI Incorporated. Uh, Everybody's familiar with the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the S&P 500 Index. 
Well, MSCI provides indexes for primarily for overseas markets, and that is a huge part of uh, the financial markets. So uh, they provide indexes like the Dow Jones. They pl- uh, provide risk and performance analytics, corporate governance, ESG, which is the environment or social investing indexes. Uh, this is a company that owns these areas. Uh, they've got uh, very high margins, uh, and it's a growing business. MSCI is the ticker symbol. Tim Grisky, Senior Portfolio Strategist with Ingalls & Snyder, based in New York. Thank you for joining us today. His selections for the week, United Rentals, the ticker symbol URI, and MSCI Inc., the ticker symbol MSCI. You'll find past programs and later today a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 